Hey everyone and welcome to a new episode of Tinker Talk. In this episode you have myself, Phil Brown, you have Rich Keegan. Hi everybody. Lisa Hunt. Hello. And Chris Danboys. Hi folks. And so we're going to answer uh, uh, some more questions. And this is a this is going to be a rare uh, episode because we had our first uh, question sent in by a listener. So we're going to tackle that one. Um, so let's start with that question. And I'll pull it up on my phone. The question was sent to us by a good friend, Megan Minan who is the Adventure Ropes course coordinator at UVM Outdoor Programs. And so she asked the question, I think that mainly because she gets this a lot and she just wanted to hear our take on it. Um, I think she could maybe answer this question herself, but maybe wants our information. So I'm just going to read it. Uh, hey, friends, I've been really enjoying listening to the podcast. Thank you for that shout out uh, lately and often on my way out to the course. I was just thinking of name games. I think I get the most questions, pushback, excitement, etc., etc., etc. So many mixed feelings about name games. How do we learn names? When should it be just saying them? When should it be fun? When should it be silly? When do we actually not need to do it? Is there a time we don't need to do a circle of names? I think it's an interesting conversation, and I'd love to hear you all talk about it. Thanks again for the podcast. We love it up at UVM. So that's the question. All about name games and our thoughts and opinions on games where we learn people's names. What's your name again? If only we'd have done a name game. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I have all kinds of thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, it really depends on... Am I training folks or am I doing direct facilitation with an intact group? And then the question becomes also, do they already know each other's names or do they not know each other's names? Mm-hmm. And I think actually I wrote in Tinker, I think it wrote in Tinker about knowing people's names. There's a piece in there. Like it, it's really important, I think, for most people to be called by what they want to be called by Mm -hmm. and to be acknowledged in that way is really affirming for most people. I know it is for me when someone in a group says my name and acknowledges my presence. So I think it's important, but the question becomes, yeah, when and how do you do that? And I think context plays a huge role for me in trainings with adults. I don't get to it right off unless it's a more didactic kind of workshop than I might just have people introduce themselves in their place of employment and why they're here. Like, you know what I mean? If it's a quick Mm -hmm. thing that I'm doing, maybe conferences, that kind of thing. Let's just go around the room, share your names. So people have a quick context for each other. Um, But even in conference workshops, I don't feel like sometimes people have to learn everybody else's names. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Other thoughts? I, I have a million more. I, I've recently changed, well, not recently, for a while, I've changed the order of operation. Like we've talked about this in different ways about sequencing. You know, it used to be like name games, an icebreaker, or maybe, and you know, that order lows, highs. Um, if I'm doing like a five day workshop or a multi day workshop, I actually don't do a name activity until maybe midway through or towards the end of the morning, first morning, only because I just like activities that start to, just engage. And I've tended to find 
that name games of any sort of game are not always that fun. There's a purpose to them about learning the name, and that is an important piece, but it's not a great energizing experience if the first thing you're doing is the names. And I also really, I dislike uh, name games that put people on the spot to try to think of something. So an example is, and I know that lots of people do this, so I'm not calling people out, but um, the it, let's go around the circle and say your name. And if you had a superpower, what kind of superpower would I you have? I just did that yesterday. Just like, <laughs> and we didn't I, use names though, did we? Yeah. So, no. And the reason I myself don't particularly find those to be that engaging is as we're going around the circle, if one, someone says a superpower I was going to say, then I'm like, oh, they said a superpower. That was my power. And there's that whole thing. And then also I'm not really listening to them say their name or even share any of their superpower because I'm more worried about what I'm going to say. So I spend the whole time nervously waiting for my turn. And then I'm going to be like, ah, blow out your thing. And then you've relaxed and you miss all the next ones too. Cause you're now like, oh, finally I said something or I said something's funny. It's like a competition and it doesn't feel like I'm actually, what's the purpose of the name learning? Uh, we can go into what name games people do in a bit, but that's my initial take on it. I think I use it later and I also sometimes don't find them the most engaging. I, I think this is probably falls into that category of like things I used to believe that are, that have changed, mm-hmm. you know, and Megan, it's This is a great topic for us. Thank you. I, I think like you, Phil said, like I, I mean, I still will do top, like toss a name works for me. It just works for my brain. It's one of those things where if a group knows each other, they're not going to be like, Oh, why are we making us do this? Because it's engaging. It's fun. And I just, that helps me with names. So again, we can talk about that more with specific games, Mm -hmm. but I have found that if I can have individual connections through an Ubuntu sequence or a mingle or something, it's going to help me remember like, Oh, Phil, yeah, he's the guy who plays soccer, Rich. He's the guy who, you know, so I think finding ways one-on-one and then, um, Chris, you were talking about the importance of, of saying the names. I mean, the four of us just worked with a group where everybody had a nickname and I think taking the time to say, what do you want to be called? And then I've gotten into this place with some of our students from SIT in the summer of like, and this is maybe a question back to the group of like, what if you hear the name a few times and you still don't get it? What do you, like, has that happened to anybody here? Mm -hmm. It's happened to me too. And I think you sort of just have to read that person and be like, all right, are they going to keep correcting you? Cause I think that's appropriate. Are you going to, drop it. And, and the only thing that I found that helps me with that is when I possibly can to get a list of names in advance. So I'm at least getting a heads up, like, all right, there's two Noah's, there's one Josh, da, da, da. and then I can sort of match up like, oh, that's Noah. That's the other Noah, you know? Um, well, I've been in situations in my teaching career where having 290 students in one semester, I had no chance of learning all their names. And that was really uncomfortable. It would take a long time to be able to do that. So at least making, I would, at least if I didn't know your name yet, I didn't have the chance to learn your name yet. I would ask, but also making sure I'm making eye contact with students at least to get their acknowledgement. Um, I also do believe in um, any sort of name game should be engaging and also have some consequences. The consequences during the game where if I don't know the name or if I, I can't learn the name, that there are going to be some consequences, especially for students. So, Phil, you kind of led toward games we potentially could do, but Wampum, where you're using that pool noodle and people have to say the name and tag their their toes, 
Um, so they say some, before they say somebody else's name again, as an example, I think for kids of games that even if they know each other's names can be fun and can be engaging with a little bit of consequence. If I don't know their name, then there are other things that can come up with that knee tag with names as well. That the only way to get somebody back in the game is to be able to say their name and they say your name, I think makes things maybe a little more engaging. If you do feel you have to get to names. I think so. And with that, I, I think it's also important to have like an off ramp. Where, I, you know, if maybe you first have folks introduce themselves and then you go throughout the morning, people put on rain gear, they, you know, the circle changes. I don't like there to be this pressure of like, if you didn't learn it in the first hour, something's wrong with you or you don't care. And so I usually set that tone in my multi-day workshops of just if someone looks at you and says, help me, they want a reminder of your name. Yeah. And, that, and it's just... And I, and sometimes I'll model that even if I don't need the reminder, just, just so I can like show that it's, that it's okay. Yeah. I always use that. I I frame it as my inadequacy. Hey, by the way, I'm going to do a name game right after lunch of day one because you all put your rain jackets on and I can't remember your names. And and most of the time that's actually true. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not. Um, And I'm going to now go into a different name game. And, and I think in trainings, modeling different kinds of name games so that people can then choose which one feels authentic for them. So they have more than just, right. you, you know, they have a half dozen of them to, you know, you could do name roulette, you could do, uh, toss a name, you could do me, you, you, me, you could do who, you could do on any number of things that might fit best in their context. Cause we don't know what they right. are going into either. You know, they could be at a summer camp where they're, once they learn their cabin's name, that's all they need to know all summer. Right. <laughs> like they got it dialed. And I think there's some name games that uh, there's no no two name games are alike. In that, I think there's also a difference between is it is it learning names or is it reminding us of names? Like is it a reaffirming of the names? Because there are certain activities that I don't think I, as a facilitator, am going to learn their names by doing it. Mm-hmm. Like toss a name as an example or, or wampum. I, if I was trying to learn all the names, I'm not going to get it from that because it's just too much going on. I think it's a great one to remind people of names that I might use it later on yep. as a reminder. We know our names, but we, we've been learning names. Let's now put that to the test with this next activity that's going to remind ourselves of names. And that's a great one because now if I can't remember, I'm going to do toss a name. I want you to pass it to someone whose names you're unsure of. That gives the ownership to say like, I'm sorry, Chris, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know your name. And then you say, Chris, and now I'm going to, that way I'm going to remind you of the one person in the group. I don't remember the name as much of it has a different purpose the, the, we can sort of like uh, people have been bringing up activities already, but we can go around now and maybe share the name games that we lean on because I know they're all going to be different. It's like the point of tinker in the book anyway was to demonstrate that we all do similar activities, but do different, do them differently and have different outcomes. The two activities for me that, uh, help me learn names. And I think also breaks that piece of it's very challenging to remember names and just own that early on. The, the, the first one is uh, that guy over there. Um, I use it with an Ubuntu deck. Um, so the everyone picks, you lay all the images, um, single side facing upwards, 
of the Ubuntu deck and everyone picks a card that relates to them in some way over something literal or something metaphorical that has some meaning, but it has to have some sort of meaning. For me, I always pick the Ace of Spades. So if you ever play that with me and you pick that Ace of Spades, no, I'm going to be like, no, um, which happened to me at the last training I was at. But I pick that and because I collect playing cards and I do stuff with that. So it has some meaning to me. And then normally you would share with the group why you picked it. But in this form, you're going to go up to somebody else. You're then going to share with that person your name and the reason you picked it. They're going to do the same with their cards. And then you're going to swap cards. And now you're going to go up to someone new and no longer introduce yourself, but the original owner of the card you now have in your hand. The reason I like that and it sort of brings up what you were saying, Chris, about forgetting names is I always reference the story that a lot of times when I'm meeting people for the first time, I'll do the pleasantries of the handshake and then the name exchange and then immediately leave them and, and have forgotten it because I do it because it's the norm, but it's not serving a purpose. So in this activity, the reason why we're going to do this is I want you to truly pay attention to the information being shared because you're going to have to share it. And so it puts emphasis on paying attention. And it also has the great connection between a name and a story, which is easier to help people remember them because there's a connection there beyond just the name. I know this person because they chose that card. It indelibly places it in the brain. So that's one activity I've been loving for names. But the other one is you referenced at Chris was me, you, you, me. For me, I found that the one that is easiest for me to remember everyone's names. Because for those who don't know it, it's um, everyone's in a circle. If I start, I step inside the circle, turn to the person to my left and give them a handshake. And I'll start by saying, my name is Phil. And then they'll say their name is Rich as an example. And then Rich, no, then I'd say your name, Rich. And you'd say mine, me, you, you, me, exchanging your names. And then I'd move off to the next person and then the circle folds in on itself. Hard one to describe audio. Um, but the good one about that is when I get back to my original spot, then I can just observe the group and the names are just constantly being shared back and forth. And if I didn't know Rich's name, I could watch him and the name will be said like four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times before he gets back. Sort of helps it keep it in my brain. So those are the two for me. I know that's not everyone. So uh, we can go around and what, Rich, what are your name? So games? you, me, you, me, me, you. I've not done that game um, as a participant and not been able to laugh and mess it up. I've always, that's part of the fun of it. And it certainly is a, a challenge for me just not to laugh or kind of mix up the names. Um, I mentioned the game Wampum, but I, I for, again, for children, for kids, um, I really love any game that um, has consequences that I have to know their name, like a simple everybody's it tag, but the only way you can get somebody out is by tagging them and calling out their name. Now, if I'm going after Chris, but I don't know Chris's name, I got to run after him and say, hey, what's your name? What's your name? What's your name? <laughs> and then Chris may not necessarily tell me, so I may veer off um, to to go for somebody else. And also, you know, in that game, when you get tagged, if you take a knee, the only way you can get back in the game is if you can say that person's name and they can say yours. Um, or, you know, wampum in those games, especially for kids, I, I really enjoy because there is some consequence. So, and a playful nature to trying to learn some names. And I don't put pressure on myself right away to make sure that I know everybody's name. That's going to come with time. And I am shameless and going, I'm sorry, I don't remember your name. And then come in. And, and oftentimes that puts more pressure on me to, if I have to ask uh, Lisa three times what her name is, I think I got to pay attention a little bit more. 
Yeah, I mentioned toss a name. It's just one of those that works for me. And I do it in a way that if, if folks have done group juggle or something, I have to very specifically say, we're not looking for a pattern that I'm only going to learn one person's name. So I usually have a bag of objects that aren't spherical. So because if we're playing toss a name with only tennis balls, we're constantly going to be dropping them and stopping play and da, da da. So it's, you know, beanie babies or whatever. And it's just everyone share your name, the name you want to be called in the workshop, whatever. And then I'll just point to someone and say, here you go, Phil, and thank you, Lisa. And then it's a random. And as soon as I get like three of the names, let's say it's a group of 15, 20, then I'll add more items. And, you know, I always say, if you don't know somebody's name, just look at them and say, help me. Mm-hmm. And, and, they'll, and they'll remind. And then here's another thing, which is not a name game, but it's just something I played with this summer is name tags. I feel like it's one of those oh, things yeah. where people oh, have opinions yeah. about, and I know I've heard people say, well, you don't want to use name tags because you don't want to just get to know them by like a sticker on their shirt. And I mean, oh, I hear that. And yet when I did my open enrollment tinker workshop, I had a lot going on and I really wanted to know people's mm-hmm. names. And so at registration, I also had them put a name tag on and it just, it only added to the workshop. It did not take away. We have name tags at symposium. Yeah. I wouldn't call it a name game, but I think it's worth mentioning that, I don't know. I feel like, does anybody think they have a bad reputation in our industry for some reason? And I don't, I think it's worth examining that. And people, yeah, because I don't, I think the argument sometimes people don't like the, if I'm looking at you and then I go, hey, and then I stare right down at your tag and go, Lisa, as if that's a weird thing. I don't think that that's that weird. Do you remember I did, I played around with, I, I can't remember. I'm not going to be able to properly credit this to someone. I read it in a book. It might have been Mark Collard's, but um, I did the uh, name tag where they had to draw. Were you, it was in a power of play, I think, maybe. I was just trying to play around with different ways of doing names. And it, they had to, and it was art-based because I was trying to do talk about play as an artistic piece. They had to write their name. And then there were four boxes that I had in the name tag. And in the first box, they had to draw something that related to their favorite movie. And then there were like other questions. And I can't remember exactly what they were, but it cr- added more to the name tag. Like the name tag now, I, we would come up to each other. And the point was, I would know your name, but I had to guess what your favorite movie is by your image. It was almost like a charade space, but with, or Pictionary, you know that game? Yeah. It was like that, but with name tags. So it actually made the name tag an activity rather than just being a name tag. And I really liked that, but I haven't used that since. And I, only when you said name tags, I was like, oh man, I'm going to do that at the AB coming well, up. And I yeah. think that name tags are different from like at a conference where right. it says Context. you have a lanyard and it says your name and where you're from, what you do. And it's like this tiny font and you're like staring at people and it gets awkward. I think that's probably where I got my like, I don't like name tags, but having a, just a sticker that has your name Mm -hmm. can be a conversation starter. Like, Oh, that's rich. I was wondering, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think the context plays a huge role. You're going to be just together for 20 minutes and move on from something and you need to know each other's names really quickly, or you're really going to be an intact group and then move on from that. I, I think my, so context matters and my, uh, go to activities have sort of changed a little bit, but I really like the activity who, and not first thing, but I play a bunch of other active get to know you's and partner activities as people actually know a few people's names in the group. And then I, you know, just readily admit to the group, you know, a couple hours in, hey, you know what? I don't know everybody's name yet. So we're just going to do this simple thing and I'm going to start. And it's really obvious. <laughs> Who? 
oh, Rich, nice to meet you. I'm Chris. And I take your spot and then you who somebody else in the group. And then to keep the energy up, I'll start whoing another person. And over time, there'll be three or four who's walking around, depending on the size of the group doing that. I also find me, you, you, me works really well. Like you said, Phil, I often do that the afternoon if I have a multi-day program of the first day as a way to really embed their names in my head. I hope that works for the other participants also, because I found that one-on-one engagement that comes from me introducing myself. And then when they come back around and introduce themselves to me to be a way that uh, sort of sticks in my brain. And, and then if I want to incorporate activity beyond names in, then I, I like toss a name as a problem solving initiative kind of thing. If we're going to do it in that way. Um, I also love name roulette where you've got two circles and you're trying to win people over to your team and increase the size of your circle. Um, you can look that up in a variety of books. And the other one is Pikahoo. I love Pikahoo. Oh, yeah. And, and you can, you know, you can get down to, if you, if you're uncomfortable with just naming people, you can get down to doing Pikahoo around describing people, you know, their best attributes or whatever. And then people trying to guess their names. So, there's lots of ways to get at that if you want to do activity-based ones versus just sort of rote naming activities. And I think another just name reinforcer piece is that it's like besides the name games, when can we also say as part of something, do a quick refresher, like in categories, you know, get with people who have mm-hmm. the same favorite toothpaste. Also make sure you know everybody's name in your group. Mm-hmm. Or um, Phil and I are going to do a huge circuit with folks this week and the first phase of their, of their um, stations is before you do anything else, make sure that you know everybody's name in your group. I don't care how you do it. So there can be almost like how are, like it's a problem solving activity. Mm-hmm. How are we going to learn this best? Yeah. First and last names, first names only, nicknames. We don't have any say in that, but you know, or in, into a belay team or when we went to Zor, remember they just put masking tape on our helmets and that's yeah. completely fine because we know each other's names. The guides need to know our names. And they need to know it. And it would have felt kind of awkward to like play a game with a tarp or tossables to start that, right? Like what's the functional use of names? And I think that's, Chris brought that up too, the context piece. I just had uh, a level two exam and there were people who didn't know each other. So instead we just went around and said, hey, what's your name and where you're from? That that was all that was necessary in that moment because it would have been weird to say, all right, everyone come outside, let's play a quick game, and now I'm going to exam and do an exam. Like <laughs> really the, raise the stress the, level. Yeah. The, like the flow of the day would have seemed slightly uh, wrong. Um, one other, and I like the Lisa reference and like just bringing up names throughout, but another name activity I do in the middle of another activity is um, if I'm doing high five mingle with questions or anything that has pairs getting together and having a question is story of the of your name as a conversation that they two people would have. And for people who don't know, you ask people to share the story of their either first, middle, last name. It can be the reason your parents named gave you that name, or it could be the etymology, the origin of the name. Um, and I, I'm, I always I love that question and love the sharing of that question uh, because it shows the diversity of a group. Um, and it's very rare to go up to some stranger for the first time and say, hey, my name is Phil. Do you want to know why? So... 
it just it creates you often you often people who are sharing information that they never normally actually share and it's low stress because it's about you and people the easy things to talk about are when it's just directly about information that you know about yourself so i like that and it it's in the middle of something else it's not we're not doing a name game we're doing a connection based activity and just one of the questions is about each other's names so it's just in there a little bit but it's not just a name game and and i think just us as facilitators or trainers using other clientele's name when we address them helps everybody else in the group right, right? Oh, if we do, if we really cuz people will often say to me wow you know everybody's name already and it's like yeah I, that's part of my job and then as i use them it helps them if I'm good at it, if I'm not good at it, maybe I shouldn't use their incorrect names. Yeah. But <laughs> it's what I think. Selfishly, from a facilita- facilitator perspective, if you can remember everyone's names, everyone thinks you're cool. It is. <laughs> I know. Oh it's like cool. a, yeah, it's like a one-up yeah. thing. It's like you just huh? they, they, they do, and I think that from a perspective of us doing challenge course or risk activities, there is a huge trust piece there to knowing someone's name. The fact that you remember their names shows that you're emotionally connecting with them and they're more likely to want to do something than who, like you go and you can go next and you can't remember their name. No, they don't trust you as much. So there's a trust component there. That brings up a good point. I was thinking about the work that sometimes as trainers, we go to support EOL who might be an intact group with their, with their uh, EOL teacher who knows all their names. And then we come in to help support climbing on a high element and you may or may not get to know all their names, but in the moment where you're clipping them in, checking their harness, having a conversation about their goals, about what, uh, what kind of support they might need, getting their name in that moment. So you can reach out to them at height or they can reach out to you to have that conversation. That's an opportunity again, to learn names and it will stick. Yeah. You know, you, you need to know who you have on belay. And because you have that sort of physical connection and for them, it's an emotional connection, then that all works. Uh, One last comment I have on names. And this is again, such a vibrant question. I think we've all said this, even in this conversation, we've quoted ourselves as saying, I'm sorry, I dot, dot, dot. And I think one of the things I've tried to do is stop saying uh, apologizing for not knowing someone's names. Cause I think it, I don't want to set this tone. And, and I, I do agree that we can form connections with people faster and more efficiently if we know their names. I think it shows a higher level of connection, but I can feel a connection to Chris and want to talk to him more and not remember his name. And it doesn't mean that I don't care. care. Mm-hmm. And so I've been trying to say instead, like, Hey, help me with your name again. Mm-hmm. Instead of I'm sorry. Dot, like it's just some little language thing to think about. Awesome. So, uh, that was awesome. We have 30 minutes of conversation on names. So I, I sort of knew this would happen. Uh, once again, thank you to Megan and the folks at uh, UVM. There were two people from UVM at a recent Beyond Basics I know that Chris had, and I heard that they were awesome. So they do great work at UVM. So thank you so much, Megan. Thanks for listening. And do it again. Thanks for listening. And can you say... Uh, thanks for listening to High Five. Thanks for listening to High Five. <laughs> and then what about thanks for listening to High Five's podcast? Can you do it? Okay, try. Thanks for listening to High Five.
Thanks for giving. I think I found the guy. 